0: Bradshaw and that would be the WWE Hall of Famer Oklahoma's favorite son Mr. Gerald Briscoe and what an incredible guest we have he used to be my nephew my proud nephew Big Clem he was the first WWE Smackdown Tag Team Champion and the first to hold the WWE Smackdown and Raw Tag Team Championship four-time overall champion and one of the best guys in the business Mr. Heath Slater <laughs> Mr. Heath Slater welcome to the show my
1: goodness, that was a hell of an introduction. And thank you for having me. Well, I'm so excited my nephew's here. Damn right. It's been a little while, you know. I remember calling you, texting you, emailing you. Didn't hear nothing until the other day, but shit.
2: He'll, he'll contact <laughs> you when he needs money. He, he i'm I'm so honored to have you on our show here, man. You and you and my son West were were best buddies for so long, and still are oh, yeah. these guys still communicate with each other. He talks about you. Matter of fact, he's the one that got got the telephone number so I could get in touch with you. You're such an important man now that uh, that I had to go through my son to get your number. I didn't know you're JBL's nephew. I've always heard the rumor that you were Michael P.S. Hayes' as stepson.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. we <laughs> yeah.
2: oh,
1: we already jumping right in here, Absolutely. aren't
2: we? We jump right in on this, so song. you can hey, moonwalk.
1: That's the reason I've had a job up there for nearly sixteen years. You know, <laughs> my stepfather and my my uncle helped me out a lot. You know,
2: <laughs> talk about a hey. man. You're the you're the you're the definition of it, right?
1: <laughs> Damn right, man. You know, charisma, handsome, strong. I got money. <laughs> you and a
2: moonwalking, son of a gun, man. That's I'm right.
1: Gonna, I do it better than him.
2: Yeah, my uh, John, you didn't know that.
0: I didn't know that at all. No, no, I didn't know that. Do your damn
2: research, boy. I, I mean, thought, I thought, thought
0: Tiger King bad. was the only son of Michael Hayes.
1: Hey, he's just another one. He was before me. I do hey. know that hey. Michael
0: Hayes taught Buzz Aldrin how to moonwalk. I do know that. Hey, <laughs> let, let me tell you this, this story about Michael Hayes and me. Please tell right, us so... a story about Michael Hayes.
1: <laughs> Alright, so when I was a kid, my grandfather took me to all the shows. My grandfather was a huge wrestling fan. I mean, all the independent shows. I watched, you know, WWF, WCW, NWA, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, all of that on my grandfather's knee when I was a kid. So when I was like maybe eight years old, we went to the Raleigh County Armory to watch uh, WCW. And it was the Freebirds against the Rock and Roll Express. And it might this might've been NWA at the time. It was like a trance, like they were merging in together. Um, so it was for the USA tag team titles because they had a world tag team title back then and the USA tag team titles. So they're wrestling and everything. They're having a match. You know, I'm hooting and hollering. Uh, I got to see sting that night, Sid vicious, you know, uh, Vader with the Mastodon helmet, like all this shit. It was great. So after the show me and my mom were hightailing it out of there and this car pulls up beside of us. So, I'm gonna give my mom some credit. Back in the day, she looked like Demi Moore. Like a lot of people would be like, Oh, you know, you look like Demi Moore. And I'm always like, Who's that? And she would always be like, You know the lady from Ghost. And I'm like, Oh, okay, you know, but like she was she was a pretty lady. So I just remember Michael Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin pulling up in this car and Hayes being like, Hey, pretty lady, man, how you doing, baby? You know, just you know, <laughs> yelling at her, hooting and hollering. I'm just like. Oh wow, you know, my mom is the free birds. So Michael's literally like, yeah, over here at the Marriott, we'll be at the bar, you know, we'll get some food and some drinks if you want, you know, meet me over there. So me being an eight-year-old kid, yeah, mommy, let's go. Let's go, let's go party with the free birds, mom. You know, I want to learn the moonwalk. You know, all that crap. My mom's looking at me like, he's Stop! No, you know, and I'm just like, come on, mom. And Michael's like, yeah, listen to your boy. Come on, mom. I remember this, and I'm just like, now I'm just like, you son of a, you know, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, but I, I remember it play this day because, like, I'm eight year old, you know, wanting to be a professional <laughs> professional wrestler, you know, dreams, you know. And here's some free birds, like, holy crap! And I just want to go and have fun with them. <laughs> <laughs> Not knowing, you know, everything else. But yeah, my mom I'm like, no, he this and that. And she was like, no, thank you, this and that. And I remember him, they just drove off. And I got so mad. I'm like, mom, you know who else we could like? I was so angry, but she's just, you know, giggling probably, be like, oh my God, you don't understand. But um, so I tell Dr. Tom that story, you know, and we're at FCW developmental at the time. So Michael Hayes, you know, him, the writers, they come down, they check everybody out, you know, who's this, who's that. Next thing you know, damn, Dr. Tom tells Michael Hayes a story. And then Michael Hayes, of course, makes up a story, you know. So <laughs> it just, it was a snowball from there to where it's like, you know, Michael Hayes is my damn stepdad now. So <laughs> but, uh, but, your,
2: but your stepdad got your job.
1: Pretty much. And then my <laughs> uncle over here helped
0: me keep it for extra long, you know. That's right. Jerry, we had the show, uh, the JBL and Cole show, and later became the JBL and Renee show because they thought it was too silly for Michael Cole to do. And so they had Renee take over. But we had so Michael. many great characters. We developed the Bad News Barrett character. Yes. Uh, Cody Rhodes doing all kinds of uh, stuff on it. And he thought was my favorite character, was Big Clem Layfield. He was my nephew, uh, Clem Layfield. <laughs> In yes. fact, I liked it so much. I went to Vince and I told him, I said, listen, I'll come out of retirement and wrestle a tag match with Keith as my nephew. And, yes. Vince, thought, and Vince thought about it. He goes, That's interesting. He goes, that's really interesting. But then he thought I, you know, physically he didn't think I could do it. So he, he backed out of it. But I loved I loved big Clem Layfield brother that
1: that would have been so good because it got speed because the show people enjoyed it like it was comical but it was funny but they like twined a lot of stuff in the wrestling and reality you know so it was some some good stuff you know it was funny but i remember you telling me you pitched that idea and you were like i don't know how far it's gonna go but i just want you know i threw it out there and i'm just like hell yeah and I I totally remembered. I was like, just let them whoop my ass, and then somehow I move out the way, hot tag to you, and you just clothesline the shit out everybody. You know, <laughs> I think mean, that's all we need,
0: and it, it, it'll be perfect. And I and I told Vince, he goes, well, how are we going to get out of it? I said, well, it's simple. I said at the end of it, I said we'll say that uh, you know, Clem is not really my nephew, he's mistaken. But I wish, yeah. but I would have been, I would have been honored if he would have been. And that right, and that would have let the the storyline go on and kind of moved you on with whatever. And Vince really thought about it. He said that he's that's an interesting idea. He watched the YouTube show, and he liked it. And I think what I think at the very final moment, he said he didn't know if that my health would allow me to get in the ring and do much.
2: Well, what he was doing, he was thinking about it. Then, and then a few years later, he stowed your idea and made Hornswoggle his his little illegitimate so, That's right. And, that's right. So that that <laughs> kind of spawned that one probably. Because I mean, that's what Vince does. You know that, John. Oh, and, my uh, goodness, yeah. He takes things that you say, and he'll, he'll catalog it in the back of his mind. And then two years later, you'll see that. And you'll say, man, that looks familiar or sounds familiar. Then you think, well, that son of a stole my idea. <laughs>
0: Hey, we had bad news, Barrett, who got over like crazy because of that show,
1: brother. He, he went to the main roster, got an action figure, got like you know a push. He got a daggone, on um, what is that thing, like that forklift looking thing? Or oh, what? it was That's awesome. Great. I mean, my goodness. And I came. The good part to about it was
0: the show. The good part about it was because the writers didn't understand it because they, they didn't watch our show. So. <laughs> <laughs> so so Vince Vince pulled me aside. And he goes, "This bad news character." He goes, "How does this work?" And he goes, and so I explained him to him what we did on the show, and he loved it. And that's when he got back sure. on the main roster and started doing yeah. stuff with the forklift and all that.
1: That was a total jump start for Wade again, you know, because he wasn't really doing much. And then that the whole bad news <laughs> Barrett man, like it, it like called on. And then once it got on real television, it called on even more, you know. And it was like a whole new, whole new reveal for it. I mean, just like the time. The whole um, – I forget what year it was, but the draft was happening. Yeah. And yeah. your ass went in there and told Vince, you know, at the end, how about one guy don't get drafted, you know? And then Vince is like, well, what are you thinking? And then, you know, JBL
0: here is like, yeah, man, let Slater not get drafted, you know, and he'll run with it. And, this and Yeah. That. Vince loved it. So, we were sitting there in the production room, and we're going over the draft, and I'm thinking about parallels to the NFL draft. And you know, it's a big deal in the NFL draft who gets drafted last. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, yeah. Yeah. I said so we're wasting, we're wasting a really valuable thing by not drafting somebody last and making a big deal out of it. So yeah. I, went, I went to talk to Vince. I said, Hey Vince, I said, you know, in the NFL draft, it's a real big deal when somebody gets drafted last. And Vince looks at me and his eyes just lit up and he goes, Are you thinking he's Slater? And I said, yes, it's exactly who I'm thinking. And right away, Jerry, just like you said, with Vince taking a curl, he goes, how about he doesn't get drafted? And we turn the lights out on him. And he's a free agent. And he goes between shows. I go, that's awesome. So that's how the whole idea came about. I don't know if someone was ribbing me
1: or not, but they literally told me afterwards, they're like, cause a big scene and we're going off on like, because it went from, going off on me on on air to going straight to their wwe.com thing like their their the internet stuff and it has me blowing a gasket and me walking out and be like where's Stephanie and Shane? they missed somebody you know it's like that but then they told me they just was going to put me on the internet as all oh, they drafted him to Smackdown and I was
0: like well, why would you do that like we you got some got that was never the idea. I I got it. I got it directly from Vent. That was never the idea. The okay. idea was to I mean, not the, I was, the idea was to not draft you and then you would be the look, just exactly what you did. And yeah. then you become the free agent going from show to show saying you're the most valuable free agent in the world, which was yeah. awesome. It was so great. And and like when that
1: started happening and everything, it was one of those things to where. I was on the live events doing promos about a free agent. I was on Raw doing the promos about a free agent. I was jumping the SmackDown the following night. I was literally everywhere. Like, it was a legit pop the can, sit back and drink, and let's have a damn good time, you know? Because I was on everything, everywhere, trying to get a job, working everyone underneath the sun to where it was just like, my goodness, like, he did something like, look at him going, you know, and then that led straight to the tag titles, you know, so. Yeah. It was oh, Vince, those- Vince loved it. I loved
0: it. I thought it was great. You're, you're so freaking entertaining and creative. It was just perfect for you. Because, you know, the, the, the thought was, you know, if you're not getting drafted in the top five, it really doesn't matter. It don't. You know, it's, so why not do something special with it? Don't get sure. and become a free agent. And you became the biggest star out of the draft
1: brother i i honestly try to think back of who all got drafted i don't even remember because like the free agent thing stands out more than anything yeah it it's, was great and it was so much fun and it was one of those things to where like i got sympathy like legit sympathy of people being like holy crap like this kid's actually pretty good they didn't even want him like come
0: on <laughs> go get him he's you know like they were fighting for me, and it was it was a it was a good moment. That was you're so good. I don't here. remember the the time. It, I don't remember exactly because I haven't seen it in a while. But when, when you're sitting there, and all of a sudden the draft's over, and you look around, and you're the only one in the room, and the light turns <laughs> off, it was, <laughs> it was the greatest thing.
1: I literally I remember having my shades on, like, you know, because I always wear my shades. It's like I'm just that guy. And then next thing you know, I have my feet up on a chair. And I'm looking around, like, damn, there's no one left. And then the light just cut the hell off. And you just see me like pick a chair up and throw it, and I get up like all mad as hell. And then that's when it goes off. And then it went from there to me exploding in the hallway with the whole uh, WWE.com stuff and everything. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun.
2: He said that 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 that's that that's a memorable moment there but take us back you know uh you 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 remind us when we were talking about your 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 illegitimate father there back in the day you <laughs> grew up in around West Virginia. So
0: you're tiger King's brother yeah so we were, I didn't even think that, of that brother. Step brother, Set brother. You know,
2: John, John right. accuses me of being uh, uh, in cahoots with the with the Tiger King because that's my neck of the woods where I grew up, and then uh, now where I live now, right down the road is is the uh, is the Big Cat uh, Foundation where Carol uh, lives. So, John, I think what do you know?
0: What, I'm do do you Baskin Baskin, yeah. what do you know? What do you know now? Thinking, I know
2: she brought me some meat that was unidentified one time and told me to have a barbecue. I'm thinking Carol Baskin may have been
0: one of Bill Bill old rizats. Oh, he might have been,
2: maybe. <laughs> well, that's the result of that Joe Weigandic, and you've answered your question right there, Bill Watts. Let's blame it on Bill. <laughs> that's
0: right, blame it on Bill Watts. <laughs> he yeah, won't come on you. our show either, Joe. So. <laughs> go back we'll go with Bill.
2: You're you're out in West Virginia in the hills of West by God, Virginia. Yep. And you're seeing all these different uh TVs come into that area there. What 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 who who was the guy and who, who really prompted you, hey, I wanna be and please don't say Michael Hayes. Who prompted <laughs> you? I wanna be like this guy here. I wanna be a professional wrestler. I know your granddad was a big, big fan and, and all yeah. that. So I never... that stage there. You were you a high school athlete? Uh did that kinda of help out? Or what? Well,
1: yeah, like, you know, in school, you know, I like, uh, I played basketball, baseball, football. I boxed a little bit, this and that. Um, But the whole thing with wrestling, like, I remember being that kid to where I was 13 years old, but I was playing all the sports, but I was still with my buddies on the weekend, backyard wrestling on a trampoline with like, uh, pie, like fireworks that we bought from the flea market. We're recording <laughs> this stuff. We would light pyro. We would run Gosh. out do our little entrance. Um, I remember us. What music
2: the, did you use?
1: Uh, I, shoot, I I literally have the DVD still <laughs> with like the footage of what I did when I was like, you know, 13 to 16 years wow. old and 17. So it, it's funny to look back on. But I remember us going to like the trash dump and getting old mattresses that people would stack up and we would take them and put them underneath the trampoline. So it wouldn't bounce as much. So we, and, and we would put post up with um we would do uh, the water, the garden hose, you know, and wrap it around the post for ropes. So, I mean, we went all out, you know, it was fun. So all of that and everything, you know, led up to, you know, wanting to be a wrestler, but As a kid growing up watching it, I was a huge Sting fan. Like Sting was the guy that like grabbed my attention. The I mean, the the face. I mean, you know, he's just bigger than life when you're a kid. And I just remember always just loving Sting. And then like, even whenever he turned to Crow Sting, I thought that was cool, you know, dropping from the raptors, beating people up with the bat, all that stuff. So that right there was one of those whoa you can be like that that's cool and but back then i kind of thought it was still real because i was a kid (laughs) so all of that you know i just thought like steam like really caught my eye but i remember being in high school and watching wrestlemania with the whole table ladders and chairs match with edge and christian dudley's and um the hardys and i still remember just being mesmerized of like These are human beings because, you know, you're smart enough to the game by then, you know, being in high school and stuff like the Internet's out a little bit. You know, you're hearing the buzz like, you know, it's all scripted. It's this. It's that. And then you're watching it. And, you know, it is, you know, you can tell. So but watching a human being swing and go through tables and get hit with chairs and, you know, how do you teach falling off the ladder? You damn can't you know you can't teach this shit you get there's got to be something wrong with you up here a little bit you know like there's something wrong so I mean I know there's something wrong with me up here too I'm in this business so I'm there's I'm all messed up But but it's like that I remember watching that match doing like holy crap like I would love to do that because I was doing that (laughs) in my backyard through tables and like stuff but there's these plastic tables where it didn't break and it just hurt you you know so it's like you know it was just what what are we doing you know but it was it was like i want to do this but i want to do it there but then it was you know you you want to go there but i mean it's like hitting the lottery it really is like it's few and far between if you really make it but i was so lucky to like Get the chance to go up there and be there and be there for literally nearly 16 years of my life. You know, I was 23 years old when I got signed. Wow. I was a baby. I was 23 in developmental and I got released at 38. <laughs> so
0: it's like, <laughs> if, you're the, if you're in the military, you'd almost have your 20 years in, you know, and you exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's crazy. This is John Layfield. One half of Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. About a year and a half ago, Mr. Briscoe told me, he said, you know you're going bald? I said, well, of course I am. I come from a family of bald male men. It's just a matter of time, but it wasn't. Fast forward, Mr. Briscoe says, your hair grew back, what happened? It's simple, the ingredients in keeps is what happened. I may look good bald, but I'm not gonna find out anytime soon. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they are 35. More than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. There are only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months, 24-7 care and support. Keeps has a network of expert medical advisors, prescribers, and care specialists to support you in making your hair goals a reality. And remember, you don't have to leave your home. Treatment starts at just $10 per month. And Keeps offers generic versions of the two FDA-approved medications to prevent hair loss. If you're ready to take action, prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash JBLGB to receive your first month of treatment free. That's keeps.com slash JBLGB to get your first month free keeps.com. You know, how did you get through your JBL first training school? GB. The
1: first training school was in Atlanta, Georgia, WWA four. you know, so, well, a little bit before that, um, I went to college to play basketball and then I thought, hell yeah, I'm playing ball. And then I didn't keep up with my grades. And I just I messed up being an 18-year-old idiot, you know. So I remember I, I went to college to play basketball because I was I was decently good. And just being an 18-year-old party, going to every daggone house party and bars and everything, and just I was an idiot. And I lost my deal. And um, got back home, went to a community college. It sucked ass. Hated it. Didn't want to do it. And then after that, I told my mom I want to wrestle, and she's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "I want to be a professional wrestler." She's like, "Hey, seriously? No, like, what do you want to do?" I'm like, "I'm telling you what I want to do." She, she looks at me like re- she still
0: remember the night that Michael Hayes was was hitting on her with the eight year old kid in the car. She goes, "No, you're not going to be a wrestler. You are not going to be Michael P.S. Hayes." <laughs> so, so I go to my grandfather,
1: you know, and I'm like, "Hey, Paul," I always called him Paul. I'm "Like, hey, Paul, you know." Uh, this is what I want to do with my life, please, can you talk my mom into it? And he was and he, you know he really sat down and had because I didn't have a father growing up. my my dad left me and my mom when I was two. My mom had you know boyfriends in between. Um, she's married to one hell of a man now, you know named Sherman, but they've been married 20 years now. Not but named
2: um Hayes, huh? Not named Hayes.
1: No, but so my grandfather had a talk with me and they said, you know, he talked my mom and to let me wrestle. So then that's when I ended up in Georgia because two of my friends that i backyard wrestled with went to WWE for to get trained by Mr. Curtis Hughes.
2: Curtis. Wow.
0: Yes. The bodyguard, you yeah. know, so I, I see Curtis Hughes. I mean, cut y'all. I see Curtis Hughes at the some you know conventions in there. He's got the urn. He goes, you know, this is the original urn. I said, so the urn you auctioned off last week is the original urn is right. <laughs> you got it back this week,
1: man. I love that. That that original urn is in the WWE vault
0: somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's like Shockmaster.
0: Awesome. I don't want to give his. I don't want to give his source out, but you know, Shockmaster. I understand at times auctions off the original helmet every weekend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> at times,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> that's funny to me, man. Babe, hey, that, that that's that's you know how different eras of the business has different ways of doing things. You know, <laughs> man, those guys that trained me, woo! Some of the ways they are like the biggest carniest craziest wildest bunch of dudes where I'm just like that is not going to work you really think that that trick's still going to work like it's just it's some of the things that you know I hear from them I'm just, just like my goodness guys like there's a better way to earn a buck
2: <laughs> and now when you were at Curtis's uh developmental school a lot of that stuff you'd probably already done and all that trampoline in your backyard in your backyard rest and so You had a clue about working at the time and how how to get it
3: done?
1: I remember literally us watching videotapes of just, you know, whatever match we want and studying like that, like, okay, they're locking up with this foot here, this arm here, like, you know, like figuring out ourselves, you know, just, just by watching tapes and stuff. And then we would get in the trampoline and try to do everything that we saw that they were doing and everything. And, like, we kind of learned that way. And then once we got in the ring, it was more of a, holy crap, we're in a professional wrestling ring? Wow, I could really hit ropes and go to the top rope. Like, it was such an exciting and fun-filling moment for every one of us, you know, and then us actually doing the crap. But we – it was one – I still remember the first day of training, us just hitting the ropes, just hitting the ropes. And that you're was not the first being you were
2: in a real ring, right? First time. Yes,
1: in, a in the real ring. Yes, and the first thing I remember doing was hitting ropes. And after a whole minute straight, we rest. Whole minute straight, rest. Whole minute, like you know, three minutes of running. The underarm, like my lat and my hip. Oh my god, yeah. I was literally like, "What the hell!" Like hitting the ropes hurt like why does that hurt so
2: bad why didn't somebody tell me this that's one of my favorite things when we have these tryouts for these these all-american athletes that i bring in you know i warn them about you know underneath your arm is is going to get really bruised they don't really know what i'm talking about and then i see them start we run run the drill where you hit the rope you know everybody you gotta you gotta know how to hit the rope number one that's one of the first things you gotta know is how to hit the rope and trust the ropes with a lot of these guys but you see these big all-American athletes, they go and they hit that rope the first time. They hit a pretty solid, but you can feel it. So you can see that winch cause you know, it's coming. Then they, they reverse it and hit that other rope. And then you sit and all of a sudden they're starting to slow down on their, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just gets slower and slower and slower. And, and the, it, day it, they, and the it, next day it, they come in holding her. It will ladder. get
0: so bad by the time I got guy, first guy. Time I starts running the ropes. By the time he's done, he will go to the ropes and he almost stop and just kind of lean against yeah. it and come off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know, Curtis, I, I, Curtis was Curtis was a guy who could run the ropes. He was a great, he was a good big, big man, great athlete. How yeah, was he as a trainer? Because he he trained a, a lot of the wrestlers that that made it. That like, like literally with Hughes, like he would literally
1: get in the ring and like I can tell you right now, Hughes gave me tools. You know what I mean? Like Hughes gave me the tools to where I was comfortable getting in front of a small crowd. I was comfortable getting in, locking up, doing the whole tackle, drop down, leapfrog, hip talls, pin, grab a hold. You know, like, the whole basic little steps that you can do in wrestling. Um, Like, um, you know, made sure I knew all of that. Like, the basics. And then it was like, after the basics and stuff, I was literally with him, like I said, like, a year and a half. And then I started venturing out and going to all these other promotions, you know. And then, by six months later, I was signed with Deep South and WWE. Like, it was like um, I didn't get to do that that whole indie thing with, where a lot of people did, do. you know, like going to, like, you know, the ROHs and the Impacts and going over to Japan and going to AAA in Mexico and, you know, getting your craft and everything. I didn't do none of that. I was literally... Curtis Hughes, developmental, and and the one guy that really took me and opened me up and made me who I was. Like, I I give so much credit to Dr. Tom Pritchard because that man literally loved me as a wrestler, as a a friend, as a a human. Like, he – when I was going through some of the hardest times that I went through in my life, he was, like, there for me. Like, he was my trainer, but he was – like, hey, let's go out to lunch. Like, that's the, tell some stuff's on your mind type deal. Like, he was there for me. I remember being dog crap drunk over on Howard Street outside of McDenton's. And me, t- me texting Dr. Tom nonsense, you know, and him being like, what the hell is wrong with this kid? And I'm like, McDenton's, blah, blah, blah. He comes and picks me up and takes me home. You <laughs> that's know what that's cool. I mean? Like. I, it was just, yeah. He 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 was like a like just a, a guardian angel for me, you know.
0: We we've got a shirt Jerry and I do that we're, we put out. We don't know if we can put it out or not yet. It's uh, I, I'd take a bullet for Tom. I'd put one in Bruce, Because <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom's the better Tom's the better Pritchard. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I and the only reason I say up. that is because Jerry and I are Bruce's only friends, so we're hoping Bruce hears this. Yeah. Yeah,
2: uh, he, hey, hey how twist, did you
0: get put it out there and I'll retweet it for you. There <laughs> you go. Right.
2: How did you get from uh Curtis's uh developmental to WWE? Who made that call to you and, and who who you know who recommended or how you how you made that transformation?
1: Yeah, it was literally um seriously, like this is what this is what I feel like happened. Uh I moved down to Georgia at pretty much the, the perfect time because they were literally thinking about opening up a second developmental because OVW was down in Louisville and they were like, man, it's getting crowded, blah, blah, blah. We want to open up another one. So Atlanta, Georgia was the pick. Um, I was in Atlanta, Georgia. I remember going to some of the deep South events, watching the guys wrestle, watching them and me literally thinking like, I could do this, you know, like, I could be in here with these guys, and what's funny is that I know all of them that was there, so I could talk junk about them, so it's (laughs) a good, it's a good thing, you know, because there was, like, Mike the Miz was there, and he didn't know nothing but how to cut a promo, and then Ryback was there, and he just was, like, the biggest machine-looking dude ever not doing anything, you know, and then you had um, Connor from Ascension, his name was Ryan O'Reilly, he was, like, the champ, the guy that was doing everything, like the man there at the time. So like a lot of these guys were there that like, anyway, they helped me when I got there. So that was like the cool part, but I literally was with Curtis Hughes training, wrestling with him, deep South opened up. So, you know, we would go watch it. We would see it. So there was this guy, his name was crew Jones. Um, His real name's Eli Jones. Um, He was hot stuff in Georgia back then, man. Like at every big indie scene, uh, he was always in like the Georgia 50 or whatever top guys in Georgia and all this stuff. Like crew Jones was the man. And for some reason, man, he liked me and he was like, Hey, I want to travel with you. I'm a heel people like you. You're a good baby face. Let's travel. Next thing you know, he got called up to deep South to get looked at and everything. So they gave him a couple of runs, and then Bill DeMont was the trainer there. So Bill DeMont asked Crew, like, hey, you got someone on the Indies that, you know, you like working and everything that you can bring in and he can put you over. Crew's like, I got the guy. And it was me because me and Crew's been doing this same little match everywhere, and it was great. So um, I was nervous as hell. So Crew comes to me and is like, hey, man. Me and you, Deep South, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Johnny Ace is going to be there. This guy. And, like, at the time, I'm like, Johnny Ace, who's that? You know, like, what's this? What's this? I, I was confused. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready, man. Like, I can't do this. He was like, I already told him you will. And it's going to look horrible on you. If you don't do this. And I'm just like, Oh no, like I'm, I'm, I'm screwed. Like I have to do this. So all
2: that confidence you had watching all of a sudden the opportunity, now you're starting to get that self doubt, and we all get it. Right.
1: absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> 100%. 100%. Like, you know, I'm thinking, man, I'm better than these guys. And then it's like the opportunity is like, all right, how good are you, kid? I'm just like, uh-uh. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know? Um, so what the good thing about it is is that me and crew, we went up there and had the match. But the funny thing of the, the story is is that all of these little indie promotions that I worked for, the fans were there. So when I came out, I got a huge pop to where they're like, yeah, because I would always come out and be like, what time is it? Because I went by Heath Miller and the crowd would be like Miller time, you know, (laughs) so I would do that. And I remember when I came out and they popped and they chanted Miller time, I was like, holy crap, you know, this is awesome. So. Now, whenever Ryan Connor from Ascension, he still remembers this. He says, Yeah, I remember you coming up there and you getting like the biggest pop of the night. He was <laughs> like, I remember that shit. And I just was like, oh, it was funny. He was like, uh, he was like, I remember then when we watched your match with crew, because me and crew had a hell of a match. It was great, loved it. And when, when I got to the back, Bill DeMont came up to me with Johnny Ace and they were like, kid, how long you been working? You know, and I'm like, two years, two and a half years at the most. And they're like, oh, okay. They're like, um, well, we like your style and everything. You want to keep coming up for TVs? And I'm like, well, yes, please. Yeah, that'd be great. So I was just the local job boy, you know, <laughs> going in there and putting all their talent over, you know, for like months. And then Johnny Ace came back and was like, man, kid, like, you know, you, you're still here, man. I, I've been hearing good things about you. Just um, grow your hair out for me because I had a buzz cut. Like, it was bald pretty much. He's like, grow your hair out for me. I'll be back in six months. And I'm like, dang, okay. So, you know, time's coming, you know, and everything. And then my hair's like at that awkward metal length. That's the
0: worst. Crap.
1: You know, when your hair is like
0: this or shorter, it's okay. And when it's it's like this, it's okay. It's the in-between that you look horrible. Horrible. And that's the time we wanted to show up, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I literally
1: I looked like a like a like a Dragon Ball Z character. I would take jail and just try to spike it, but I would have this humongous fireball looking spike to where it did not it didn't look good, but it didn't look, let's just say it didn't look good. It just didn't look good. Um, but but he liked the fact that I was growing my hair out. And he was like, So, I see that you take direction. I see that you listen. I hear good things about you. He was like, we're having a tryout in two weeks. I'm going to put you on it. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, I'm getting my deal type deal. Did the tryout. Um, Crew was on the same deal as me. But the sad thing about it is, is that Crew, two weeks before, had an indie show, and he blew his knee out, man. And he never got, like, the second chance, you know, to come back and try it and all that stuff. But Crew was the guy that got me into the eyes of WWE. And then when it was their chance to do the tryout, he blew his knee out and I pretty much got signed. Was so
2: the after the trial, did you kind of figure that you you had the opportunity They tell you immediately after or did you have to wait a couple of weeks and be nervous? I had or? to
1: wait a couple of weeks. That's that, that one
2: long, two-time waiting
1: in it. Oh, it was horrible. Like, it was one of those things to where, you know, I mean, it might have been longer than that. It might have been like a month to where I literally was like, well, I ain't getting signed. I suck, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it was like, yeah, it, it was a little wild. But um, next thing you know, I got, I think I got a call from Damn Carano. And then um, they said, you know, asked me, um, they said if my address was still correct and everything and sent me the the deal and all that stuff. And I got signed.
2: Was you reporting to Georgia or was uh, Florida opening up
1: It was Georgia at the time, and then like literally i when I got signed and I got there um not even a year later, not even not even a year like they shut down shop
2: and, and when you went there, I remember making a couple of appearances there. you guys had a truckload of talent and that and, and, I, and I know oh, that yeah
1: yourself. I, I remember you coming down evaluating us
2: you guys had a truckload of talent man it was, I mean, it, was, it was i mean you had so much talent down there it was really hard to separate the guys because uh, they done such a good job and, and you you had the pleasure of working with, with my, one of my heroes uh jody hamilton during
1: that oh period.
2: yeah jody, jody yeah. Was, was a genius when it came to this business wasn't you got a good jody
1: story oh boy do i <laughs> <laughs> Hey, anyway, and this is this is a and this I want to say any anyone will guarantee you say it's true because like Jody would always want to critique tapes, you know, like after every TV or whatnot, you know, he wants to watch every match, talk about every match, and I mean when I say about everything, like one match would take thirty-five minutes to an hour, to where you're like, "Geez, please come on, let's keep going," you know, um, but. Jody had this um, you know, the 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 wheelie chairs wherever, you know, you sit back, you can just move your feet and wheel around everywhere. And he would always wheel around and all this stuff, but Jody would always wear short, short, short shorts, but they'd be baggy, <laughs> but they'd be baggy as hell, you know? And I don't know if Jody just didn't like wearing underwear, if it was uncomfortable for him or what. I don't know. But just imagine this, you know. Well. <laughs> Lock room full of boys. You know, and he would bring you in like, you know, hey, here's this match, come in here. All right, you other guys, talk over shit over there, you know, or watch whatever, you know. So, you know, we're all in here, you know. And then it was like an eight-man tag or something, and we're all in the daggone room. Jody's sitting there on the thing with the, the, uh, the chair, and he spins around, and he's like doing that old man, like, <laughs> elbow, arm like that, you know. But his ball sack... Is hanging out of his shorts, you know, and we're all like looking at him. And then I like look down, I'm just like, oh shit, this is nuts, you know. <laughs> and, and I'm just, and you know, without saying a word, you just look around on other people's faces and they're like, yeah, we see that shit too. Don't say nothing, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, but the funny thing about it is, is that he would swing back around and watch and you don't see nothing. But then he'll swing back around and, like, talk about something, and you just see it just, like, you know, oh, just, boy. like, wobble. Yeah. And we're like, oh, you know, and we're, like, trying to take this serious, but, you know, you just well, got, a little,
2: God, you
0: know, yeah. you got a little ball sack. a nut sack hanging you
2: know? in front of your face. How do you take <laughs> it serious, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, did anybody ever smarten him up? no <laughs> what
2: he probably knew was just using
1: man hey either he was ripping the hell out of us because he knew that you know we could take it or he had no idea that that cool breeze was just going right up around his balls.
0: i don't know <laughs> yeah he went back and, he went back and told Nick he goes yeah I'm sitting there with my balls hanging out oh here he you go lost you.
1: hold on hold on hold on John,
2: put your legs together. Put your knees together, John. So I don't. <laughs> yeah, there that's you
0: right. <laughs> you know, if Jody was actually ribbing you guys, it's the greatest rib of all time. Hey, honestly, he might have been, man, because, like, who knows? He <laughs> totally awesome. might have been. You know, Jody was one of those few guys, you know, that, that you meet. You, you're like, oh, that's cool that I got to meet Jody. You know, and Jody. Oh, just, oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, he was, you know, I mean, just. just Knowing the knowledge that he was teaching us back, you know, when he was working to where it was like, you know, so simple and him telling me that he was working hour long matches, you know, with this guy or that guy and they didn't have to do nothing and they worked a the whole for 10 minutes and all this stuff. And I'm literally like thinking like nowadays, if what if you would try that, would it work? You know, and I don't think, I don't know if it would nowadays just because of, you know, what all has been going on with wrestling and everything. But what I, what I thought was cool about learning from Jody, from Hughes, from Tom, from Norman, from Billy Kidman, you know, like Steve Kern, Dusty Rhodes, all these guys up is that I got knowledge from back from the 1950s all the way up to nowadays, to where I can, like, have all this little stuff that I can pick and choose from to where I can make my craft different, better, you know, just like an encyclopedia of knowledge type deal. And I'm just glad that I still have the number to some of these guys that if I forget shit, I can just be like, hey, man, you got any ideas for me? And the good thing about it is hopefully Dr. Tom
0: and Norman and Kidman all those guys will still help me out, but I don't know. But like, don't mention Billy, don't mention Billy Kidman. He's the one that pushed Mr. Briscoe out at WWE. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh yeah, we we hate him. I love Kidman tells me he
1: loves you.
2: I, I love him for it too. Though. <laughs> <laughs> the best move that ever happened to me. Because <laughs> 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 I'm allowed now to be on this show with, with
1: you, Heath. you know, you can do right? whatever you want now, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah Bill,
0: Bill, Billy and I have a joke. I always call him the greatest overachiever ever, and he calls me that because. He married uh, towards Tori Wilson. And I married a Wall Street analyst, so he. Right. <laughs> hey, honestly, it, it's true though, right? Well, for, yeah, but, for- but, <laughs> you're still with,
2: but you're still with yours, and he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. That's right. Very true. Yeah, yes. hey, hey, I, I, you know I, what's you, funny, you, Jerry? Jerry you I, every almost every week, I, I would I would, go by Gorilla. I go, well, you're still here, Mr. Briscoe's at home. And Billy would just reach the stopwatch. He goes, you can tell him to come back anytime he wants. Anytime. <laughs> Billy's girl. I love Billy. I do too. And Norman, uh, you, yeah. you worked with Norman Smiley also?
1: Oh, yes, man. Norman is probably one of the most kindest,
0: gentlest souls I've ever been around. He was really over in Mexico. Uh, yes. In I mean, really over. Yes. He a great character and a great run down there. Oh, yeah, and yeah. He
2: developed that character when he was working Indies here in Florida, and Indies here in Florida at that time were really small. But you always you always heard about him through the through a uh, some guy that you knew that was in the business. Hey, what's going on him? And Norman's name would always be at the top of the list. He was so good, and his, his background. What a great story Norman has to go along with him. Like like Keith was saying, there is no no finer gentleman in this business than Norman Smiley. The guy has time for you twenty-four-seven. Right, right, right. Heath he'll he'll, he'll 100%. help you out any time that you want to be helping. On anything too. The guy is just one of those guys that are yeah that are, that has it right here inside of him. And he he'll never lose that.
1: Yeah, I, I like I was, like you were about to say that like I have no bad like, words to ever say about Norman, man. Like, he's always been so good to me. And, like, I'm that guy that, like, you can be great to me. You can be wonderful to me. Like, that's awesome. But if I see you be shitty to other people, I'm just, like, you're a shitty person, you know? Like, don't do not do that. I've never in my life saw Norman ever be or talk bad about anyone, you know? Like, he's always been, like, that guy that's always has – something good to say positive to say you know like he's motivating like he's kind like it's just yeah norman if you're hearing this we love you man
3: (laughs) (laughs) time to tell you about something i'm super passionate about protecting your family yes this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com but to me this is really about peace of mind think about insurance for a second we all get medical and auto insurance yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, and just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half, and I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it. Protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance super easy. Goliath life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes. And you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price. You start the online application immediately and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath Life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliath Life is life insurance in your hands, on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at GoliathLife.com
2: when when you came down here to florida man that that not only was was loaded up in deep south here but more when you came to florida the the crew that they had here with the instruction you know they added dusty to the blend you know and uh, Mm -hmm. dusty came in with his knowledge he helped improve the communication skills so much and the promo skills of the guys so much dusty was another one of those guys he would take a guy like like you, Heath, because uh, I know Dusty's preferences. He'd take a guy like you because you're you're full of personality. You're really a good person inside, and Dusty would sit down with you on those promos. He'd break everything down where you could understand it. And man, when you left under his tree, you were a hell of a lot better professional than you were when you arrived.
1: I mean, I mean that like you hundred percent like Dusty when you think of promos my goodness, give him three little subjects in two minutes, he's going to kill it. You know, it's just how it is. And being with Dusty and, like, you know, he would – the good thing about Dusty, he's like, all right, you got a title match or you're defending your title, blah, blah, blah. Give me two minutes about the guy go. So you would, he would give you your opportunity. Give me what you got. And you're like, yeah, okay, killing it, blah, 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 blah. Either he would say, yeah, baby, that was great, baby, that was awesome. Or – Why did you say this after this? It don't make sense if you do this or that. Put it in this order to that order. You know, like he would, like you said, break it down in these sections to where, like, you're you're, you're giving me this smooth ride and I love it. But then you're bringing me back here for no reason. Because we already went through this smooth ride. Don't take me back. Keep me going. You know, like he would break it down in these little ways to where you would understand it and get it to where I even still use this little, you know, technique that he would tell us today in promos, you know, like know what you're talking about first off and be confident when you say it. That's why I like, you know, I'm with impact now with impact. They let you, you know, they, they let you, Hey man, you're doing this, you're doing that. How would you want to say it? What would he say? And I'm like, well, this is what I would do. And then they would either be like, great but don't say the F word or this word, you know, you know, they, they say, you know, I mean, of course not, but, you know, but they would give you that freedom to do it, you know? And then uh, like Dusty would be the same way. He'll give you that freedom, but then he would keep you on track and teach you the rhythms and the ways to, you know, bring your voice up here, be serious here, come back here like the whole Shakespeare of it instead of, just yelling at the camera for one minute, you know, he would, he would teach you how to tell a story. And that's what I got from Dusty to where I, like I was saying, like the whole, I got kids stuff and the whole free agent thing. Like I had to get sympathy, like I had to get sympathy from these people and just draw them in and your voice changes. And, you know, the, the structure on your face, you know, of sad to, Oh, to hurt and everything. Like he taught me all, all of that stuff you know to where like, like i still use it today to where like dusty to me was i don't know man he was he like molded me in my promos a lot we were going you know,
2: to i, I, uh, I, I was growing what was great down there they had all these coaches that had specialty they, then you had the leader of, of, of fcw down there, Kern, who taught you how to be a professional who taught you how to be a man out out, out in the public life because steve was such a such a pro with that
1: so he, he would make sure that you look nice i remember <laughs> we hated it we absolutely hated this crap every time we had a show because fans will come and the fans will always show up before the doors open and we would literally show up maybe you know two hours before a door open or we would leave go get some food and come back but there'd be a huge line but he would always want us in suits always want us in suits so i'm like man why do we have to wear suits just to get out of a car and walk right here? Like, let me just be comfortable on my stuff. He's like, no, you got to look nice. Every time you're up there, you want to show up in the building. You have to have a suit on. Vince is going to make sure he looks at you from your head to your toes. So to make sure you have good shoes on. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Like, I only make 500 bucks a week. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't,
0: I don't know yet. But, uh, he, but that's, that's an like, old school mindset. You know, uh, Skander Agbar, he's always talking about Lou Fez, who he traveled with. Fez would show up and go through the box office. He wouldn't go through the, the back doors. He would walk yeah. through the crowd to the dressing room, but he'd walk through wearing a really nice tailored suit. So people, uh, when they saw him, would go, oh, there's the world champion right there. Right. He'd, always, he'd always do that on purpose, just let people just let people see him right?
1: Okay. I mean, like, honestly, when you're the world champ and you have a tailor-made suit on, I might do that, too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Making that world championship
1: money, though, right? <laughs> right? Oh, let me tell you a funny story. Um, it. I'm back Hold on
0: out
1: there. It's, uh, a, it's um, that I'm, damn Carolina People internet. trying to call me, man. Um, <laughs> so, um, so this is a huge, this is a very funny story. So Back, I don't know, years ago, um, Larry the Axe. Um, as soon as Curtis Axel, you know, Joe Henning, won the, when he won the Intercontinental Championship for the first time, I think he only won it once. But anyway, he got it. You know, he, he won the IC title. Great moment for him. He's, he's like a brother to me, man. I still talk to him today, almost every other day. Um, he literally told me that his, his granddad, you know, Larry – calls him up he's like joe you know you're 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 intercontinental champion now um you know you have to start looking nice you know you better you better show up at the buildings nice you know and this is what i need you to do i need you to go to sears and get the best track suit they got (laughs) i (laughs) go to sears oh man and i'm like whoa i was like he was back in the day
0: when the tracksuits were in, you know, showing up, looking good
1: and everything.
0: You look like, like you're coming out of a 1970 Pacino movie. <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh, man, I remember I, I looked at Joe, I'm like, a, a tracksuit? And he was like, yes. And then we both started giggling, you know. We still talk about it today, you know. We're like, dude, you better get that tracksuit, you know. But, um, but, yeah, it was just one of those things to wear uh, – you know, like, his mindset, whenever, hey, you better look nice, you know, go to Sears and get you the suit. best track there is. There what, What's uh,
0: Joe it, doing now?
1: Joe? He, um, he actually is doing some signings, you know, and he hasn't worked a match since he got released, you know. So, like, he talks about it, you know, he's wanting to get back out there. But then again, I feel like he's comfortable being home, being a dad, doing his thing at home and everything. But and they're real
2: realtor Joe, now also, right? I think he's a real estate guy too. Cause I might be Joe?
1: Wrong. Yeah. No, no, he hasn't been doing that yet. I know I know Brooke's still doing a lot of stuff with the hospital right. and everything. So like she's like in one of those um trauma nurses where like, you know, when they helicopter people in and what, Jesus, a, wonderful and all that family. what
2: a wonderful family that is. I mean, uh, you know. His parents, I don't know how well you ever if you ever met them, but his mom and dad are just uh, salt of the earth people, just wonderful people.
1: Yeah, I've met his mama. Never met his pops though. Wish Larry, I did.
2: Yeah, Larry yeah. Larry was a, a legend and a half, man. What a what a wonderful. You can see why why Joe is such a such a great uh, great, great person because of, yeah. of his
0: grandparents and, and his. Uh, Larry yeah. had twenty that twenty two inch neck. I know, right? Huge, huge freaking neck, you know? Yeah. Kurt, Kurt had a big neck, too. You know, just something genetics, you know? Genetics, exactly,
1: yeah. I'm going to say, like, Joe has three boys, man, and they're, they're literally their names are Brock, Blade, and Hoss. So, <laughs> just it, right there tells you that that's going to be some kind
0: of crew when they that's get older. You know? That's a
2: wrestling brother crew in there right there. That's oh, a- that's
0: a fact. That's a fact. Was that after Brock Lesnar, the the name Brock? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Brock, Brock and Brock and Kurt were really good friends.
1: Yeah, they were they were that, good buddies, man. It's
2: all that Minnesota line up there. What it, I think? What a from, too. You know. it probably is. That was a tight well, group. All those Minnesota guys. Uh, you know, Minnesota. A bunch of <laughs> a bunch of uh, great talent come from there. But you and, you and Joe were real close. I know you and you and my son, Wes, were, were pretty tight down here. Hey, Wes still
1: owes me a match down at Atomic Pro, man. We, <laughs> we, literally, we literally have tried to make this little match happen for, I don't know. Well, honestly, it was before. You guys had it scheduled
2: at one time, right? And then.
1: Kobe oh, no, it went, was scheduled. Yeah. And then I, I got in. I
2: remember Wes calling me, really excited. Dad, I finally got Heath there. I get to work with Heath, you know? Yeah.
1: I still remember having Wes's first match down there at the at uh Florida Championship. He was so nervous, and I'm just sitting there ribbing him in the ring. <laughs> having fun. That's always
2: fun when you get those newbies and you could rib them,
1: you know. Hey, but Wes can always handle himself because he had that amateur background, you know. So, like, you know, I would rip him and then he'd go for my leg, and I'm just like, oh crap, what do I do now? <laughs> Wasn't his? Wasn't his dad a decent amateur? I mean, I heard he was. I don't know how good he was, but I heard he was. He wasn't very good.
2: good. His uncle was better. <laughs>
0: well, thank goodness his, his uncle never stretched me because his dad did a bunch of times. Right, yeah, but his uncle
2: came close to you one time. In, oh my in, in, goodness! In, in, yeah, yeah. In I am scared Jack you to death.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I pulled a rib on Jerry in, in Oklahoma, and and Jack shows up. And I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. Because I know what Jerry's going to do to me. He does it to me every single night. He beats me up, stretches me, and makes me tap out and say all kinds of (laughs) nasty things about Texas. I didn't know what Jack would do to me. Right. This is going to be really bad for me. And (laughs) I guess, thank goodness, Danny Hodge got hold of me. It stretched me instead. <laughs> right,
2: so, so he's down here in Florida. I, I you you were tag team champions down here too. when never were you a Florida champ? I know you you want to
1: I, oh, I was actually down here, I was both of them. Man, I was tag champ and Florida champ. Yeah, you know, I, I got the whole I got to t- taste a little bit of both. Yeah. And I, I was tag champs um with Joe Henning, actually. Me and Henning was tag champs down here. Uh, and then I was Florida Heavyweight Champ for I don't know nearly almost a year and then um I lost the title to Justin Gabriel in an Iron Man match that went 30 minutes long we ended at three seconds I was really proud of that because I was so nervous of like missing that cue but uh but then that's when I just started getting caught up to doing like dark matches with WWE and you know starting to like get looked at
2: that must have been a thrill when you got that call. I the first call that you got, hey, come up and let's say a dark match. Uh
1: and honestly, you remember the whole what we talked about in my indie to developmental, the whole, oh, I can do this. And then I'm like, oh crap, I'm getting that opportunity. Yeah. That in front think. of these
2: guys here, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's a the who's who wrestling. You you get that opportunity to go. On. And you know, all eyeballs are on you too.
1: Every one of them, man. I still remember. Well, um, who, was it,
2: who was that in your match against the first time you went
1: My very first time up there, I went up there and I wrestled Jamie Noble. Wow. Jamie the West Noble. Virginia boys. Exactly, you know. You
2: guys could Jamie communicate. Noble. You're the only one that could understand what Jamie was saying. So yeah, well.
0: you, you didn't have to talk in <laughs> carny. All you had to do was talk in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, I, I know that language very well, so I understood it completely.
1: <laughs> 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 I, I, hey, get this My very first match up there was Noble uh, You know that whole thing When you're sitting in the corner Like on the ground And they do that front flip on you and, and From the other corner They run at you and do that front flip While you're sitting in the corner So I'm sitting down in the corner Jamie's in the other corner I don't realize that my head Ain't lower than the middle buckle And you know so, he runs in to give me the gimmick, and when they do it, you know, pretty much you're, it's ass to the middle buckle. My head wasn't below the middle buckle, so it was just tailbone to my head. Boom. I don't remember nothing after that. And this is, my, this is my first match going up on the road, concussed, man, just out of it. I remember Peaches is back there like, dang, man, you know, that looked kind of rough. Are you Okay. I'm just like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, all this, all that stuff, you know, keep going, doing your thing. Um, and then I remember I was on, I was on the loop. It was like Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday night raw was Monday. And then of course it was. And, and then they told me that I had a dark match for that. And I'm working, um, Jimmy Yang Wayne or Jimmy Yang. What? Yeah. Jimmy Yang Wayne. So, I remember they were like, hey, we need you to cut a promo, talk crap about the town, blah, 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 blah. I guess they didn't know I was country. So, <laughs> I gra- man, I'm walking out, and I have, like, long red hair at the time. I look like, you know, a redhead of Fabio, ripped, handsome, strutting down the aisle. A redheaded <laughs> Fabio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm cutting this promo, man, and I'm just, you know, using my twang like and this is before I literally been around the world a few times and my twang of West Virginia has gone away a little bit <laughs> but this is I mean straight on country blah 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 blah. I don't even remember what I said we had to match with Jimmy Wayne Yang we got to the back uh, Vince McMahon and Stephanie was there and I walked up and I was like how was it and Vince was like good selling you know you look good on camera and everything and Stephanie said we did not think, or we did, we was not thinking that your voice was going to sound that way. And I'm just like, okay. They're just like, we had no idea you're that country. Like to my face. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, I grew grew up in West Virginia. Oh, I I lived in Georgia, Uh, you know, like trying to like tell them why I'm country, you know? And I just remember they just looked at me like I was a daggone Peacock walking down the street in Chicago, <laughs> you are <laughs> like holy crap! Like you figure dude, after
2: being around Jamie for a little bit, that you can understand a little bit about West
1: Virginia. I guess my look and my voice did not match at all. You know, <laughs> uh,
2: Fabio with West Virginia, Fabio, a, red, a red-headed had a, had Fabio,
1: a- red of West Virginia, Fabio. <laughs> 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 That's a shirt, man.
2: Yeah, that's a T-shirt. So at that time, you probably thought, well, hell, there goes my career because I'm too country.
1: No, I literally, like, I, I didn't know what to think. I was just like, "Uh, oh, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> you know, yeah, there, How
2: can right? I get rid of this accent overnight, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they actually, after a couple more times, and then NXT started. And once NXT started, they picked, like, you know, the best eight guys that was in developmental, guys, Y'all going to be on this show that we don't know what we're doing with yet. You know, so it was one of those things to where I I, I guess it got brushed underneath the rug a little bit to, to where, like, my hair was here. And then I cut it up to here. I was wearing tights, but now I'm wearing trunks. And I honestly think they just forgot who I was. Like, I, I, I don't think they even was like, oh, oh, okay, you're this guy and that guy. Because I went up there and I did, like, three months of dark matches and TVs. And then I was just developmental again for about three months. And then that's when it was, all right, we got this new show, NXT. There's pros, there's rookies, blah, blah, blah. And literally, I still to this day think we were just guinea pigs on a network that we had an hour for. (laughs) Like, it, it still makes no sense to me. And thank God, Nexus, you know, came out of it because that was one of those like, "Holy crap, what is happening in this wrestling business?" But it's pretty damn cool, you know. So, yeah. the NXT man, woo! Yeah, oh, you were you you were
2: in the group that that went from CFW over to N- uh, NXT over to Orlando. You made you were you're one of the original groups that made the move, right? Yeah. That must have been a real, real mind-blowing experience and uh, kind of wondering what's, what's
1: going on here. Baby, I'm telling you, every day up there was mind-blowing. Like, we we were so scared, too, because it was like a, this might be y'all's last little chance to succeed. You know, you are getting this push. You are getting this. Once you got released from NXT, like, or not released, but, like, out, you know, of the, the, the whole game show thing that they were doing, like, you were – put back down the developmental thinking, oh shit, like what's gonna happen? Yeah. Yeah. But you, you didn't know. They didn't tell you nothing, which of course they don't, you know, I wouldn't either, you know, so because you know, people was gonna talk. But it's one of those things where like you're nervous, you're you don't know what's gonna happen, you're up there, you're trying your best, you're doing. I mean, literally, they they didn't even tell us the games that we were doing. Like, we would show up, and next thing you know, we have an obstacle course we got to run. And then we got to be in front of the O2 arena that holds at least 50,000 people, and it's always sold out. And we would be in the middle of the ring, and they would say, all right, Heath, you got one minute. A promo about cereal. And I'm like, uh... I like cereal. I eat it with milk. Uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, they just, they would set you up on these things to where you're like, oh, no. Like, I don't know what to do. I hope I don't look stupid, you know?
0: Like You know what? The the idea of that was so much better than tough enough. And the reason I say that is, you know, you get a guy like Daniel Pewter or, or a Miz or a Morrison or something. It's really tough for those guys to succeed because they're not wrestlers. Now, they might yeah. become wrestlers, but all of a sudden you get all this TV time behind them and you get them really over popular. Then you go, OK, now we got to put you in a ring and have you wrestle your first match ever against this top talent. And with all this behind you, you guys were at least were wrestlers. So when, a fact. When, when you guys came through, whoever wins had such an advantage over those guys with tough enough because you had already gone through the system. You'd already had hundreds of matches a complete different dynamic to me that that was such a smarter way to do that than the, the tough enough because the end of tough enough was so tough was such a bad position to be in. You have all this publicity, all this press behind you. And now all of a sudden you got to learn on global television, which is really tough to do. I, I agree with everything that you just said, like that,
1: that right there is the truth because those guys didn't have any wrestling skills at the time, you know, they had no idea, but, like, I, I just, in my way of thinking with the whole NXT thing, I don't think they knew exactly what they wanted to do, but they had a good idea. You know, but, but thank God we knew what we were doing while we were out there so we wouldn't look stupid. That was a fact. Um, the only times we looked stupid is when we had to do the game stuff, you know, just because it was like right on the fly on television.
2: That that brings up that you said you like cereal with milk on it, but the way you handled that beer keg, I I think you kind of put uh, beer on it instead of milk on it there. How, I, what kind of practice did you have? I mean, you must have been a beer loader at one time, a keg loader, because you handled that, that damn beer keg like a pro.
1: Hey, just remember, I'm a country boy from West <laughs> Virginia. Like I could throw two kegs over my shoulder and take it up a hill quick. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I bet uh, you could. You you did it that night, man. And, and all those big, 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 huge guys, and you, you put them to shame with that bear keg guy. Uh. Hey,
1: you, you know what's funny about that story is that I won the whole keg challenge contest and before the keg the keg count bluh keg, keg, chair, I can't even talk. Do you hear me? <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Right, we can understand you there because you
2: talk like John and I. <laughs>
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have an advantage. I'm about to say, most people, need a, most right people need a West Virginia Rosetta Stone to understand <laughs> you.
1: You're right. You're right. Uh, so I was supposed to get immunity for the following week to uh, not get eliminated, you know, but we had an extra like 12 minutes of time that we had to fill. So they literally got me in the back after that and said, hey, you gotta wrestle Kane right now. And I'm just like, whoa, what? Like Kane Kane? Like Kane. <laughs> and they're like, go in here. We're gonna record you to warm it up, you know, like a pre-tape. Oh, he has to go against Kane. Oh my God. I'm doing like band work or something and push-ups and whatnot. And then Kane literally, like when I, as soon as I walk out, Glenn's like, hey, he can you do a a drop kick off the top rope i'm like yeah he's like can you do whatever whatever else a couple things was he asked me if i could do i'm like yeah he's like all right i'll see you out there and by the time i got up to the gorilla i had to go out you know i'm like oh god so i go out here comes Glenn. we have our match and it was one of those like we literally had 12 minutes to fill and the match was maybe five you know so it was just one of those things that were like, yeah, sorry about your immunity, but you get to wrestle Kane, okay go out there right now. <laughs> and it was just like that nerve wracking, holy crap, like this is, I mean, it's, it's Kane, like he's done, you know, it all. And here I am, this little rookie kid that just won a damn keg challenge and <laughs> I'm going against Kane. Your muscles so, had like, to be
2: kind of blowed up too after trying to manhandle that keg around the ring there.
1: Like I said, I'm from West Virginia. Yeah, you <laughs> I can carry two on like my that. shoulder up the hill.
0: <laughs> well, how, how did the whole Nexus thing come out, about, out of that? Because that, you got into this incredible angle and this incredible storyline that came at, right after that. How did that come about?
2: The hardest thing in the business at the time, too.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: I honestly believe, and this is just my thing, there was a time that we all junk came in NXT. We all jumped in beating down everything and it was like we were on the same team at the at the moment and we got as a group booed out the house. And I remember after that Vince just had people start to get eliminated. Like elimination, 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 elimination like easing the like, you know, trimming the fat off the herd. And then next thing you know, um, we're literally all down in Miami and we, uh, we show up at Miami, and it's a Raw. And the main event's Cena against, I think, see on Punk. And we get there, and we get in. Like, Michael Hayes and Johnny Ace is like, hey, guys, like come to Vince's You're, office. You're your stepdad. <laughs> exactly, my stepdad. And Johnny, <laughs> they, they come grab us. i like, here, come into the office, you know. We get in there, and it was like Hayes, Ace, Vince – um, Arn Anderson I want to say Fit Finley was in there Like we all came in And Vince is like hey guys I got an idea for you guys You know and he explains Nexus And next thing you know He like grabs these armbands Passes them out And he's like put these in your pocket I don't want no one to see them Blah 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 You know and then he's like All I want you to do tonight Is go down there And beat the crap out of everything everyone, tear it apart, we're getting new everything, he was like, all I ask is do not hit a fan, and do not touch our cameras, so we're like, okay, all right," you know, and he was like, listen, I want y'all to make sure this is like a bomb went off, like, I want it to be crazy, so we're just like, dang, okay, because like, Wade won NXT, we haven't heard a word about us doing anything we thought we were still stuck at you know um fcw at the time you know so next thing you know we go to miami and all that happens and then literally four matches three matches before the main they're like get your gear on here's these uh uh, get these bands blah 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 we need you put them on we're having you guys come from this way this way that way this way and everything and they're like putting together and this is like four matches Before we go out, like, we're just all like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, you know, like just nervous, scared, don't know what's going on and all this stuff. And then next thing you know, what you saw is what happened. It was just a, you show up, boys, this is what I want. This is what I need. Can y'all make it happen? Of course we can. We got thrown right in the damn fire. And. We just threw gasoline on that stuff and we burned it up. So it it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. It put us on the map. People still talk about it today. And and even, oh, I had a signing the other day. There's this little kid coming up to me. He's like nine years old, wasn't even born at the time. And he knows about it. You didn't hit hit on his mom,
2: did you?
1: Huh? You didn't hit (laughs) on his mom, did
0: you? (laughs) Hey, you know, I have to be like my stepdad, man. Of course I did. He was moonwalking <laughs> by the kid <laughs> <I> <laughs> with his panty pack on.
1: <laughs> oh boy, but yeah, it, it was a, it was a heck of a moment,
0: man. It was you uh, know it's one of the few invasions you know invasion angles been done forever. You know, for ECW, sure. ECW invasion worked. The WCW really didn't work. You know, when it when it came in, it's kind of a you know we didn't get the NWO, but the, Nexus worked. You know, and oh, always every few years there's some invasion angle, but that was one of the best, maybe the best uh, of all time. That that angle, it was really captivated the entire wrestling world at the time.
1: I, I really believe what what grabbed everyone's attention is that no one expected that. They honestly did not expect these young kids. You know, because we were, you know, we were the, the rookies. You know, these young guys had come together and do something. Oh no. Oh, no. Sorry. It says, I got 20% power left. Um, if you're they, a popular
2: like, man, all those phone calls you're getting
1: there, Heath. Yeah. They're,
2: they're prob- they probably heard you were on our show, so they're all That's calling.
0: That's right, I think you they're want watching, you, watching man. you, man. It's Michael Hayes and Tiger King calling you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Damn, I hope not, man.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but, no, but, but I don't even know where we were at, man. Here we all just talked um, but no, but yeah, but Nexus was one of those things where it was like a, we did not expect it to blow up like it did, but we literally went in there with the intent of, we are some really pissed off men that got treated like crap and we are going to show you guys how we feel. And that's what
0: happened. Yeah. It'd be like if the Tough Enough crew all of a sudden got together and revolted. Exactly. exactly. It, it's so unexpected. you know yeah. that, that's one of the reasons I, the, the I say it was so much a better idea than Nexus the NXt was because these guys could work already. so you didn't have you, you could do an angle like that where you couldn't with tough enough because then you would have to train them and have to get them up and you guys were already there. you're ready to come yeah. to the, the big time and it's just a matter of getting the right thing for you. That's a fact, you're right. you're right.
2: And the guys that uh, they'd selected to be a part of that, I mean, all of you guys had had your individual talents and individual looks. Uh, there were none of you that were carbon copies of each other. You know, I think that kind of set each one of you as an individual in that group too.
1: Yeah. I remember that's what we trying to keep preaching too. Way we cut those promos about, you know, we're all in this for one, Nexus is one. You know, either Nexus or against this period, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it was, it was pretty much, that's that's what the, the route that we were wanting to do.
3: By now, you know that everything is crazy overseas and well, that's created some volatility in the market. We actually saw rates tick down a little bit this week. We don't know how long it'll stay that way. All the experts are predicting that there is going to be a rate hike this month in the month of March. Some are saying 25 basis points. Others are saying 50. What does that mean? It means waiting will cost you money. And by the way, I want to mention, this is still a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity just based on your real estate values. You see, all of a sudden, your house is worth considerably more than it was just a couple of years ago, and as a result, you can use that newfound equity to change your life. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners take their 30-year loan and pay it off in half the time. And how can they afford to do that without their payments going sky high? We get rid of all their other debt, and I mean it. As a heads up, what would you do... If you had no credit card debt just like that it was all paid off how much easier would life be if those car payments whoop, they're out of here no more car payments that is the story that we're able to help our friends and family with at SaveWithConrad.com. you see the interest you pay on your credit cards not tax deductible and sky high the interest you pay on your car loans buddy where is that going what if we could restructure all of your debt use some of this newfound equity, and at the same time, get you out of debt faster. You see, what we're talking about is reducing the time on your mortgage. Yes, we're gonna get you a great rate, but if you're in a 30-year loan, think about what your life looks like 30 years from now. Man, life gets a lot easier when you're completely debt-free, and that's what we wanna help you do. And by the way, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And oh, as a heads up, if you've been thinking, hey man, I like my house, but my kitchen's kinda outdated, what if we could get you the cash you need to turn your average kitchen into something your wife loves, and it wouldn't change your monthly payment at all? Why wouldn't you do this? You see, you'd be reinvesting back in your own property. That's going to make your house worth even more. And oh yeah, you can do it with cheaper monthly payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Now I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to go check out our reviews for yourself. See what some of our new family members are saying at ConradReviews.com. You'll see there we've got over a thousand verified reviews. Our average rating is 4.72. And if we were a restaurant with a thousand reviews and a 4.72 rating, I know where you're eating dinner and I know where you need to do your next loan. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's SaveWithConrad.com.
0: Heath, how was it? I don't want to just jump around everywhere, but how, how was it when you, you got to end up working with all the legends? You know, I, I was just reading through the list of all the legends you got to work with. You know, with, with Piper and Wendy Richter and Cindy Lawler. I mean, that's you got to you got to be kidding me. That's free. I, I got to work with Roddy a lot, and every time I'm sitting out there thinking, I'm with Roddy Piper. You know it, yeah. it was that. It was – I remember one time we were in somewhere north of San Francisco and I think Undertaker couldn't make the show or something, so they brought in Roddy as the special referee, and it was me versus Cena. And at one point, Roddy has been doing something as a referee for about ten minutes. The match hasn't started yet. And I look over at Cena. I said, nobody even knows we're here. And Cena says, (laughs) ain't ain't it great? I said, unbelievable. Roddy as the referee stole the show. I mean, it was just – how was it working with those guys? Uh, I mean,
1: honestly, like it—it it, it was one of those childhood dreams come true. I mean, that's a hundred percent fact that I tell everyone, just because I remember being that kid at the guardrail watching these guys. You know, every one of them, every one that I worked, I watched live as a kid. To where, when I, I still remember showing up at you know RAW, looking on the card and being like. You know, he's Slater versus Vader. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I tilt my head, you know, like, huh? so I go in there, I'm like, Corano, Be I'm glad like, that it was not 1991. <laughs> right? Right? For sure. And well, what, that was what's, a, funny about, what's funny that about Vader, Vader would come out smoking. <laughs> oh, right. Very true. Very true. Um, what's funny about him is that, like, but I, I, well, first I was just confused. Like, are y'all having someone dress up and just kick my ass? Like, what's going on, you know? And they're just like, no, man, it's really Vader, you know? Like it's, You're working Vader. And I'm like, well, what's going on? And so that's when they explained to me that, like, each week leading up to Raw 1000, um, they're going to have, you know, a legend come in. And I'm just like, well, am I going to get to face them all? And they're like, no, 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 man. We're going to have, you know, whoever else face this guy, face that guy. And I'm like, no, no, you're not. Like, this is my spot here. I'm like, I want to be Mr. Anti-Legend. Screw the old guys. This is the young guys' turn. I'm, you know, the hell with them. And they're just like, Well, why would you want to do that? Because you got to put them all over. I'm like, Instead of Randy being the legend killer, I'll be the legend builder. Let me do this. Like, please, you know, like, let me have this. Like, and I, I literally, like, I, I remember telling Toronto and Ace, Ace was there. And Ace was like, Really? And I'm like, Yeah. He's like, Go to Vince, see what Vince would like. I go straight there and I tell him exactly what I told them. And Vince was like, you're willing to do that? I'm like, hell yeah, I'm willing to do that. Please, just give me a two-minute promo, put something over, have them come whoop my ass. I'm good, you know, like, let's do this. And so he went with it. He's like, okay, hell yeah. So it was like, holy crap, who am I going to face? Like, who who's coming in? But they never would tell me. So each week was a surprise for me, too. <laughs> so that was a that was good thing about it. So I, I just remember being in their IRS, you know, uh, Rotundo. He was our agent. I remember remember being there with Vader. And, you know, Vader, he was so kind, very nice gentleman, like very nice to me. I
0: don't know about 91, Vader, but I know that. Vader 91 was very nice to you, too. He would have just beat the hell out of you, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Because he beat the hell out of everybody.
1: He was more of a gentle soul when I got to face (laughs) him. He was more of a a kind gentleman, though. He, He was very nice. But what really blew my mind was that we're, we're talking over the match, and I'm like, bro, whatever you want to do, I don't care. Let's just have fun. But then at the end, Rotundo's like, so the finish, you want to you know, just do your Vader bomb, or maybe you want to do your power bomb. And Vader literally looked at Rotundo and was like, I think I can do the salt, <laughs> <laughs> Brother, I literally did this, like, like doing one of these, like shaking of the heads, like, mm, Mike, look at me. Mm. You know, like no, you know. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I know he nails it; and he can do it. But this is two thousand what fourteen ish? Oh yeah, 15, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, Vader, and I'm just like, oh, I was like, I'll take the power bomb and the Vader bomb. if You want? <laughs> but then, and then, thank God, you know, they, they agreed to the Vader bomb. You know, in the corner, little thing, bam. But um, but he literally pitched to do the moonsault to where holy cow. I literally was like,
0: oh, Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this legend run. <laughs> so, how far did the moonsault pitch go? Did he go oh, no, to, to Rotundo? It- and then Rotundo like, no, no. no. He, R- rotundo
1: didn't really, like, acknowledge it because, like, <laughs> when, when Vader pitched it, he pitched it, like, serious. Like, I think I can hit that moonsault.
2: Yeah, I can say that. And Vader just
1: looking for- right at you, like. I'm confident and be confident in me. And I'm, beh- I'm like behind him to the side, like, mm, no, please.
0: <laughs> please, no, you know,
1: and thank God every was like, yeah, I don't think we need all of that. You know, I think, you know, just a little Vader ball would be perfect. You get up, celebrate towards hard camp. I'm like, thank you, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> but no, he, he pitched it and he was all serious. Like, I can nail this tonight. I got this, and I'm just like, please, Mike, please, <laughs>
0: do the favor, Bob. I talked to him one time into believing that uh, he he had the idea. We used to, we traveled together. We're down in Florida, and he had to yeah. put Taker over at the Royal Rumble. And he's sitting there, and he you know he, he'd get all lovey dovey, and he he he'd, he'd goes, I got to put over the dead man. I said, you think? And so we're driving down the road. He goes. I got an idea because you think I can do a moonsault and dead man catch me and tombstone me? And uh, Vader's four forty at the time, and I <laughs> said, "I said absolutely." I said, "Just call it." I said, "Just call it." I said, "Don't, don't even, don't even yeah, tell I'm him." I feel love man. you forever. It'd be the greatest spot in the history of Royal Rumble. Just do it. Just go up there and say, "Catch me, tombstone me." Do it. And so, but Vader couldn't stand the fact that keep it secret. So the next day, sitting in the locker room with Taker. And he, I can see him over there telling him, he's all animated. He's telling him, he goes, I'm the moonsault. You catch me and spike me. It's going to be great. Taker Taker never looks at him. He's looking straight ahead, looks up, and he pats him on the leg and walks out of the dressing room. And, and, <laughs> That's and, it. And Vader, Vader looks around and he goes, what does that mean? I go, he loved it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Taker pulled Taker, Taker, pull me different. aside later. Taker pulled me aside later. He goes, have you been traveling with Leon <laughs> yeah, Leon, thought, Leon wanted
1: Taker to catch it
0: Midair and Tombstone. It, 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 both of them would have gone through the rings. Oh, 100% percent Like I'm I'm just trying to envision it. Like it has to
1: be like a moonsault back. Like Taker has to move backward to <laughs> try to catch it, you know? Like
0: right. Uh, it does that, sound good though. <laughs> it sounds great. It sounds beautifully if it was Rey Mysterio doing yeah. it. And if you look at M- Vader's moonsault, he's a great athlete. And for him to even do it is phenomenal. But it wasn't like he did a real high moonsault. He just kind of yeah. jumped backward and, and flipped and landed on it. So there wasn't really a <laughs> chance to, ke- to catch him. Just oh. him
2: being able to do it was phenomenal for a guy that size. Oh, he was amazing. He was, he was a it's great
0: a fact. Yeah. He, he, when he the- was When he was in his prime, that guy was so good, man. He was oh, so yeah. good, and he had such Work. good matches with so many people. Yeah, one, really one of the best big going into the Hall
2: of Fame for the final too, you know,
0: that,
1: that yeah. just will deserved. deserve. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it was a privilege working him. Yeah. I mean, hell, man, it was a privilege working all of them. I mean, it was literally like the list was like – it was like Vader, Sid Vicious. I had his first match after he broke his leg, you know, like what the hell. Yeah. Um, Rikishi, animal, um that old Sydney Lopper busted the record over my head. And then she felt bad because the sugar glass cut me. So she signed the record for me and gave it to me. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. You know, Piper, sweetheart, we all know him like that. Like he he literally gave me probably about five hugs and kisses that night and just thanked me. And I'm just like, brother, this is the biggest pleasure for me. You don't understand. Like, Thank you for letting me do this with y'all, you know? I mean, it was just down the line was great. And then, and then the top of it all, what, Raw 1000, I'm out there and I have to work Lita, but then she wants to bring some damn backup with her, you know, you know, these guys called APA or something. They like to drink beer, smoke cigars, play poker and kick ass. So I'm like, you know, hell no, I don't need this ass whipping. So I leave, I get the hell out. But then again, every damn legend that I faced wanted to come out and try to force me back to the ring. So I got back in the ring. I got my ass kicked. I got a moonsault. And next thing you know, I got a clothesline from damn hell. <laughs> All right. <laughs> tell, me,
2: tell me Heath, how stiff was that clothesline from hell?
1: Brother, I couldn't
0: taste food for about two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey yeah, honestly, honestly, you think you can give a close line to Heath? I said, well, yeah, he's the right person. I said, but I'm just trying to think, don't fall through the ropes. Don't have surgery. <laughs> don't, don't do anything. <laughs> How can I do this without getting hurt? <laughs> right.
1: Hey, yeah, honestly – you know, you know, whenever you put it in the right spot,
0: you can hit someone as hard as you can, and it feels good. And you took it so well. You did the whole thing where you stood up <laughs> on your head, come back down. It was yeah, it was, yeah, right. it was awesome. It was.
1: It was that, great. that was that was the icing on the cake right there. I don't know if you remember. Right before I walked out, I told you you better lay that shit in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: You got a lot of big grapefruits there to tell Layfield to lay
1: something. <laughs> hey, I knew for a fact I didn't have to tell him that. He was yeah. going to do it anyway. He was going <laughs> to
2: make it feel good, right?
0: <laughs> Shaniqua exactly. told me the same thing one time. Shaniqua. <laughs>
2: well, she yeah, meant it. She meant it. She meant her. it. I was, I was scared
0: not to.
1: <laughs> I've been scared yeah. not to, too.
0: So Shaniqua, I give her a on from hell, and, and she gets a little – Augmentation, and she comes back with the augmentation. Remember, this is right after Attitude Era, so yeah. that was like, yeah, okay, I'm now going to be clotheslining women all over America.
1: Exactly. Oh, damn. But
0: she did. She told me, "You, you better lay that shit in." And I'm just right? so, she just scared me. Hey, I, I, I would have
1: done the same thing. I'm like, you said it. I didn't. I, I was afraid not to. <laughs> yeah, scared not
0: to. Like Luna, whatever she says, I'll just do. Exactly. I'm with you on that. So the the, the three-man band, you guys then had this, this – this. I love the three-man band. I did too. I thought it was so entertaining. I thought it was awesome. Did, did it, I got a couple questions. I mean, Justin Gabriel, whatever happened to the Darewolf? I mean, I, I thought you guys were a good team. And I thought he was a fantastic talent. Uh, you know, he's still doing stuff. But, man, what a good-looking young guy. We used to talk to him all the time about his his dad, the Pink Panther. You know, the- oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I say he's in actually South Africa
1: right now. He is literally back in Cape Town visiting with family, and he's thinking about opening up his dad's promotion again and having guys him. fly down there and do some shows. So, yeah, so uh, he's literally doing that right now, and he's living in L.A. when he's back in the states. But um, man, with three on B, it was an idea of I needed a band. So the one man band thing was running its course, ran out, did all that I could with it. So I go to my stepfather and I'm like, Michael, Um, I'm like, hey man, I've been the one man band for a while, and I'm just like, damn it, man, I need a band now. Like, I need a band. Like, let me have a band. And he's like, well, who you thinking? So I literally told him, I was like, I want EC3, you know, Michael Hutter. I want Fandango, but he was Johnny Curtis at the time. And I want Dean Ambrose. And he wasn't even called up at the time. And he's like, oh, okay, well, let me see what I can do. Comes back, he's like, Fandango? At the time, he was Johnny Curtis. We got an idea for him. Fandango. And he's like, and Dean Ambrose, we have an idea for him. Shield. I was like, what about EC3? He's like, no, nah, not here, man. I was like, all right. I was like, he's like, but you'll get your band. Three weeks later or something, hey, man, you're getting your band tonight. I'm like, all right, who is it, you know? Gender and Drew. I'm like, the hell? What do you mean? That's like no one I even pitched, you know? Like, <laughs> what? why them? And he's just like, oh, that's what Vince wanted, you know, you, Gender, and Drew in a band, you know? And I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, that just sounds like a bad joke. You know, an Indian, a <laughs> Scotsman, and a redneck walks in a bar. You know, like, oh, no. And they walk out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm about to say, I to get my charger. I got to play this up in a
2: minute. Um, oh, but
1: we'll it's it it be done soon. Yeah, i say, it was just one of those things where, like, to me, I'm like, oh, crap, Drew's going to really be pissed because Drew wants to be serious <laughs> killer. Gender's more of the, yeah, sure, man, whatever, we can do this. So thank God we were buddies outside the business. You know, we went out to drink. We had, you know, late night, you know, dinners and stuff. You know, like We were buddies, you know, we were friends outside the business. So we were like, you know what, man, let's just try to make this work. And literally it was two years of some damn entertaining crap that three guys that were like lost in the WWE at the time, we didn't know what was going on. We had to be rock stars. And the bad thing about it is that we actually lived like rock stars. We would party all night. We thought we were motley crew in the wrestling version. Like it was I probably lost five years of my life in just the two years I live I worked with them. Like it's just it was wild, man. And it was fun. We became even closer, you know, like and I like they I guess raw or SmackDown was in Charlotte this this week or the other day for a live event or something, but I was in Philly and I'm having Drew and Jender call me like, dude, we're going to crash with you. <laughs> I'm like, Bro, I'm, I'm in Philadelphia, you know? So like, we still got that brotherhood, but like three on B, man, it was just one of those things that got thrown together. And it was like, we didn't want it to happen that way, but it did happen. And it came out very well, you know? And then even after three on B, you know, like they got released, they were gone, you know, and I'm a lost little puppy now. I'm like two years with my band, and I'm like, well, what do I do? You know, and then they're gone. I'm like, well, why didn't you release me? You know, like, why ain't I fired? Like, I, I legit called Karano, and I was like, did you forget to call me? And he's like, no, man. I'm like, you're okay. I was like, well, shit. Okay, I guess gotta figure something out now, you know? So it was so weird. And then to see them, like, we always kept in touch, you know? Like, we were buddies after all that. And then they come back, becoming world champs, you know, and all that stuff, you know. Like three
0: on B turned around if you think about it. That's one hell of a group. You're you're as big as evolution.
1: Yeah, something man. I don't know what I, I
0: <laughs> full, full, right. full of world
1: full of full of world champions. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I guided
0: them to success, you know. You see my greatness? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right you guys were so entertaining. You know, it's just like, there's, you always got to have somebody that can do anything, you know, and sure. like we're bringing in Vader. What do we do? Call Heath. It's going to work. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, but the, that, that shows how good you are, you know, and I mean <laughs> that in a, in a, as a huge compliment, you know, and yeah. those, those guys
1: were the same. Hey, thank you for that too, man. I, 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 that's the one thing that I always wanted in the business was just like, the respect of my peers, you know. I, I, uh, I never wanted to hurt nobody, you know. I wanted to make sure all my stuff was good. Chris, if I needed to go out there and be a Nexus Rebel, I'll be the baddest Nexus Rebel you see. If I needed to be a rock star, I'm going to play the best air guitar I know how to play. You know, if I needed to be a daggone trailer park, right trash, 22 kids playing, dude, I did that, you know. So it's like, let's go. Like, like, like I just want to be, I always wanted to be a part. You know, like I always wanted to contribute. I hated it when I just was backstage doing nothing to where I'm just like, I can do something. like Please, you know, like like the times whenever I wasn't doing nothing at the time on TV and you were like, man, I need you as Clem Layfield. Get your ass over here, you know, to where like it brought new eyes on me on a different aspect. We had
0: so much fun with that YouTube show. And that that was the whole reason you had all these guys who were so talented. And weren't being done a lot with, you know, Wade Barrett was the same, Cody was the same. I mean, there was some, True. There was some terrific talent on that show. Yeah, a great time with that show and a big audience.
1: It did. It was great. And that, like I said, like little like things like that needs to happen for guys that don't really do much on the big screen, so they can still get looked at in a different way of doing other things. You know, like all of that. That works out good for everyone.
2: Well, it just brings out that extra personality and a talent that a lot of their fans don't know that they have. That personality, they see you guys as one dimensional in the ring. Yep. You know?
0: Yeah, that's a hundred percent fact. You know, one of the things that happened to me and Ron when you know we're just you know killers, you just come down there and just you know beat people up. They said we want you to dance with Rikishi. And, and, and they kind of didn't know if we would or not. Well, of course we would. You know, of course we're going to. We're out there dancing. They had to tell us to quit. You know what? <laughs> like, you know what? These guys will do anything. We, we would. It's a work. You know, it's fun. It's And it's more fun sometimes when you're taken out of your comfort zone and doing something completely different because that's when you're really challenged mentally. To, to Okay, can I do this? And if you do it, it's like Gary Hart always said, they ask you to be a clown, be the best professional clown in the world. You yeah. got to go all in on this stuff. And that's what you guys did with 3MB. That's what me and Ron did with dancing with Rikishi. You know, it's, it's the fun stuff in this business that you remember. It, it, that's a fact, that, 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 that That's
1: what I have learned. Like, yes, I was up there for a while, but that while looking back now to me is so short. You know what I mean? Like, it was like that chip of my life. Like a puzzle piece of my life to where I was like, holy crap. Like, I had a lot of damn good times up there, you know? And I got to do things that I never thought that this Southern West Virginia boy that lived in a town that's worth like 700 people, you know, would ever, do. you know, like, it's like, uh, like going to Saudi Arabia, I got to meet a king, a queen, a prince and a princess, and the king comes to me and says, "I got kids too." Ah, <laughs> <and that's a laughs> laughing, you wow. know, and I'm just like, "Yeah, man, heck yeah!" You know, we're just like chatting it up. But this dude is worth billions of dollars over there, you know, to where all he wanted to say to me was that he had kids too. It's and the trend good, whatever. I got
0: kids. I, I, yeah, I love it. Oh, stuff that just happens is the stuff that gets over. Right. That's you a know, fact. Rarely ever can you say, okay, we're going to develop this catchphrase and we're going yeah. to this catchphrase over. It's impossible. Stuff just yeah. happens. Especially yeah, it, when you got I, smart, that's... smart, creative guys with a mic and there's huge live audience. Things happen that sometimes that are just magical. And that's, that's what that fact. was with I got kids. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Brother. <laughs> I literally, you know, when you go against Brock or Paul Heyman or, you know, those big promo spots where they say you got 15 minutes, like they, they hand you like a parent, like, like a, a mini story. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I'm reading all this and I'm here with Paul Heyman and Brock and I'm just like, oh, shit, you better not mess up, man. You better not mess <laughs> up. So I'm reading through this and it's like, Paul, me, Paul, me, me, Paul. Me, Paul and I'm just like I can't remember all this shit I'm screwed you know so like I'm out there spitting with Paul as much as I can remember and man that brain fart hit and I'm just like oh no it'll come back whatever it'll come back it never came back and Paul, was, <laughs> Paul was done with his line and I'm just like well you're on live television you better pull your pistols out and start shooting bro so I literally that's one of the whole thing with the whole I got kids I need this job I know I'm going to get my ass whipped, but damn it, I have to do this. Like, I just whipped, man. And then Paul's looking at me like, the hell's this kid doing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God Paul knew everything, and he got me back on track, you know? So it was like that – but that little break, was one of those things that made the whole I got kids, the whole – Everything that happened after that was that or, one word where Vince literally did this,
2: huh? and, and then a king. Dang, like a,
1: that. Uh, then, a,
2: then a king's repeating your line. That that's got to be a thrill, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> and yeah.
2: it's oh, yeah. you, as you go back to West Virginia and tell your friends and neighbors, they don't believe a word you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you go back no, and tell. That I, didn't I, happen. That couldn't have happened. You know. Yeah,
0: a king right?
1: just repeated my line, dude. Get yeah. Out of it's just crazy, man. Like I like just the stories and the stuff that I, like that king I still got over here. He gave us like this, like a, a Quran, um, a tea set that's like gold plated and everything with like ruby on it. Um, like all this stuff over here. Like this is that's my awesome. little memorabilia chase right, right here. All right. Like a lot of this stuff that I've done over the years and everything. That's awesome. But yeah. It's just just one of those things where like, who, like I've never had a king like a
0: legit king put me over. Tell my shit. thanks, man. <laughs> well, the king, oh, the king never put anybody over. He owned Memphis. <laughs> hey, that's, that's true too. I'm not talking about that king. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. different king. Different hey, king. Hey, yeah. tell us, tell us what you're doing now.
1: Right now, at this moment. Man, I've done a lot today, if you want to hear about today. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, No, at this moment, man, like literally I'm working for Impact Wrestling. Um, I had two years with them, but my contract extended a year because I got hurt, had surgery, I was out for a year, rehab, therapy, all that good stuff. Now they put Humpty Dumpty back together. I'm ready to go out there and have some fun. Um, working for Impact. I'm doing as many indies and signings that I can because I literally never, ever, ever had the chance to do these type of things, and I'm excited to do them because it's, like, new for me. Like, um, like you know, just anything with wrestling that I haven't done because it's just, like I said, I want to do it. I want to get accustomed to it. I want to get used to it. I want to sit at a table and sell gimmicks, you know? Like, I want to do all that stuff. Um, I'm being a dad. I am assist, assistant coaching in flag football with my daughter, my youngest daughter. She is like, if you ever watch the movie Little Giants, she's the icebox. She is um, a little little badass, you know, I ain't gonna lie. Like, she's a little stud, man, and I enjoy every minute of it. And uh, my oldest daughter's playing soccer. Um, I don't really know much about soccer, so she likes it, so, <laughs> so I'm I'm cheering her on, you know but um, I'm 100% can honestly say that I'm enjoying life Um, just because I've missed a lot during my days and I am not knocking wrestling or WWE or nothing when I say that because they gave me a wonderful damn life a wonderful life and like I tip my hat to Vince thank you for the 15 16 years I was with you but like I got. I missed a lot of things like birthdays, Halloween's, Christmases. Like I missed a lot of stuff in my days. To where now, I'm I'm not missing nothing, and my heart feels full. You know what I mean? Like I'm happy. That's all like I'm. I'm happy.
2: Well, Heath, uh, that's awesome, man. We're, we're so proud to have you on this show. And, you know, this this hadn't seemed like an interview to John and I. It just seemed like we we get to see you for the first time in several years, and we're just sitting in the backstage or sitting out of the car, going down yes. the road and sharing these stories, man. That's what we want to bring to our, to our fans out there. And you certainly brought it today. We appreciate your time, man you've always been one of my favorites uh, i think it's because you're on the west Virginia hill <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and you sound like i sound you know you go up north and you, we all worked up there we you know you get those you, where are you from you don't sound like the rest of us well damn it i'm glad it't sound like <laughs> yeah you. you don't sound like me either you know right but you know we we could c- communicate and understand what each other's saying i I, exactly. I can see the passion and i can see you're really happy in your life now, man, I, and we wish you the, the best. And you continue with this attitude. It's great you always had this attitude, man. You know, what can I do to make myself better? What can I do to make the business better? And you're one of those guys, man, that when I met, I, just your smile and your personality, wow, this kid has got it, man. And then congratulations to you. Uh,
1: thank you so much. My goodness you are about to make me cry. <laughs> I'm
0: just proud of my nephew. Damn right,
1: you better be, man. You right, I am.
0: I love you. You, you. you help me out so much up there, and not don't even realize it. <laughs> I oh man, I I love you and your character so much. I, I just kept every time I had a chance, I'd pitch something for you. They they almost get tired of me, like. Dude, come on. We, we understand.
1: You're pitching, <laughs> hey, I just love the fact again. that whenever you would commentate my matches, you'd be like, there's my boy Slater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Every time. Every time.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love exactly. it. So, hey, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. I, we know we took a lot of your time, but it's so good to see you. So, so thank Amen. you. Thank you so much. Now, this was, a, this was
1: well needed, man. Thank you for the conversation. So glad to see you both and everything, you know, and I hope everyone loves this interview. <music>